0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David Nikki Nellis. Except there's no Nikki Nellis today because she's often running to the James Beard Awards in Chicago. I'm here, and I don't mind because now it's my show. Maybe she'll never come back. I don't know. Who knows? But in any event, we're going to do it. we got a great show today. Elizabeth Parker is back with us. Uh, she is now the GM at Lutis, which is uh, part of the domain of Omar Popple. Good guy. She's got non-alcoholic drinks that are for folks who, for whatever reason, don't want to drink alcohol. Either they're the designated driver or they're off it for whatever reason. But these are really cool, sexy drinks, and we're going to be trying them today. Sandy Mazza's here. This is a great story. She's the founder and CEO of the Sandy Bottom Enterprises. These are rum cocktails with natural flavors of coconut, lemonade, and more. But her story is really cool. We're going to be getting into that in a minute. John Williams, not the composer, but the other John Williams, who's the owner of Whitlow's, uh, is with us. Um, If you guys are old enough, you remember the restaurant that was founded about mid-1940s downtown. They moved to Clarendon in the 90s. They came back to D.C. and were under construction. And we may have an announcement to make today. Shh. Okay, we'll tell you in a minute. Jerry Hollinger's here. Jay Hollinger's Waterman's Chop House is in downtown Silver Spring. And it's the third and largest Montgomery. It's the third largest, sorry, uh, restaurant in Montgomery County. Am I right, Jerry? That's a big. Third the third and. Oh, his third. Good Lord. All right. But yes, I know because his other restaurants are the Daily Dish and the Dish and Dram, which all are within spitting distance of my house. But Jerry's here. We're going to be talking about. Uh, well, we're going to be talking about everything. I'm going to grill you, Jerry. Uh, so, but let's start with Elizabeth. Elizabeth, tell us about. Lutice. And why non-alcoholic drinks?
1: Well, I'm going to get into you right now. It's they So, like, Lou and Tess well, no, got Lutece, married.
0: I did it. No, Lutice <laughs> is a girl I knew. For real.
1: It's Lutece. It's Lutece. Lutice. Lutece, Lutece, Lutece. Everyone has a good time with it. But Ob- we are it's not obtuse. We are Lou and Tess. So, Lou and Tess got married, Lutece. and they moved to Georgetown. <laughs> As, it's a dream. Uh, yeah, we are the first French neo-bistro in Washington, D.C., uh, inspired by the neo-bistro movement in Paris that has been for the last several years uh, kind of revolutionizing dining, uh, both casual and fine dining in Paris. And then, of course, as the things go, we start in the big city, and now we're seeing it all over France.
0: So, I mean, Omar's been around uh, quite a while, always successful. What was his, the rationale for him and Lutece?
1: So the Popal family, when they relocated from Afghanistan to D.C., uh, opened a French cafe called Café Bonaparte, which is beloved and missed. Yeah, very much uh, missed. Yeah, yep. wonderful crepes, coffee shop, local hang. Uh, and then in the fall of 2019, they decided they wanted to reimagine their French spot as something a little bit more current and kind of more reflecting on the, the new wave of Neo bistros. In Paris, because before it was inspired by their favorite creperies in Paris, so it was time just to kind of shake things up, and they brought Matt Conroy, in, uh, fantastic chef, uh, Michelin starred chef, uh, and they down. brought you in, and they, I came later. How did that happen? Uh, I can It was. It's a, a long winding tale, but destiny was involved. I, I held out for a unicorn, and I finally found it.
0: Do you remember in Young Frankenstein, Destiny, Destiny always gets the best of me. Is it that did what happened? this time. Well, good, because you're with Omar, and he's a good guy. Yeah. All right, so you're going to be mixing up a bunch of drinks. What do you got first?
1: Uh, up first is basically our signature non-alcoholic cocktail. It's called the Non for New York Sour. So there's a great product coming out of Australia. It's a brand called Non. They're doing everything with botanical spirits, kind of to emulate wine. So we're taking it, the idea of a New York shower, and shaking it up, making it nice and foamy, adding some other things in, and making it our own. All
0: right, sounds good. We'll be back to you, Sandy Maza. Sit down, get in front of that mic, quick. No dead air. All right. Good morning. So, uh, good morning. So, Sandy is the uh, founder and CEO of Sandy Bottom Enterprises. These are rum cocktails. I'm going to let you tell the whole story because it's pretty interesting. No reason for me to mess it up. Go crazy. Okay.
2: I well, I will, and I probably am crazy for my story. <laughs> Sandy Bottom is a rum-based cocktail with coconut, lemonade, and lime flavors. And here's the backstory: Living in Annapolis, serving cocktails to friends, boating, adult beverages responsibly, and I would mix up my own cocktails. And my friends loved them. And they said, we should try to see what you could do. Easy for them to say, right?
0: Yeah, you know how many people have those kinds of conversations?
2: (laughs) I also have people say, you're crazy. You know, but... um, that's fine, because I did it, exactly that. I created a brand, got it to the market.
0: Um, but, but I mean, what, you know, what, what inspired, was your special twist on it?
2: So the, uh, it was mostly just because it was the flavors that I liked, and it's kind of a double entendre of myself, Sandy, Sandy Bottom Cocktails, the boating drinking thing, and the fact that I could just try something. So, you know, I'm proud that a, that I try, as in creating a product.
0: Well, for, let's talk quickly about the the range of of, of flavors that uh, that you've got. But I also want to hear about what it took you to stand up the business, because that's everybody, you know, said I ought to, you know, we ought to, you know, market this. Doing it is a whole lot different than saying. I know. So talk about the product line first, and where you the distribution, all of that.
2: I will. Well, I have to back into it a little bit because okay. I had a big learning curve because I'm also a dental hygienist. And for that- So I'm gargling with Sandy Bottom. uh, (laughs)
0: Um,
2: For that, you know, as I said, learning curve, but I needed to seek out people that could help me. And so I networked with uh, dental patients and found somebody that could be a turnkey operation. And by that, I mean, I paid them and they uh, were able to source all the goods and everything. So, you know, that's one hurdle. Um, that took 15 months from opening the LLC in 2009 to uh, get it to market and I launched it at uh, McGarvey's in uh, downtown like ego Alley of, of Annapolis so, it so was fun. interesting
0: because uh, a lot of people piecemeal it you know or a lot of people have experiences bartenders or with the you know the uh, distillers or something like that but you found one person that was able to put the whole thing together for you
2: well it was a company Um And prior to that, like even the initial idea of the light bulb in my head, um, I went to a couple bars, one being the McGarvey's in in, um, downtown uh, of Annapolis. And we mixed up my cocktails at the time. This is prior to LLC even. And um, it was very successful. Had Tiki Tuesday party nights serving (laughs) Sandy Bottom. And so it, it was fun. So somebody said to me, well, You know, do you have your uh, IP protected? And this is how naive I was. I'm like, no, and what is it? And so, you know, so I, of course, now a very uh, established registered brand. Uh, So that was another hurdle of the business. Um, Once I launched, I was in, with the test market, I was in six states. You learn what to keep, what to change as an entrepreneur. I changed most of it. The uh, current bottle, and I realize we're on radio, but what we have in, in front of us, is my 2.0, and I launched that in June of 17. All right.
0: Well, let me ask, one of the things you emphasize in your materials is that this is real rum. Yes, it What's is. What's not real rum? I mean, what so, are we talking about?
2: So it could be uh, products that might be um, a wine base uh, made to taste like rum, as, as an example. Uh, Sandy Bottoms rum comes from St. Croix, and... Um, I've never been. I need to definitely do that road trip. It's a
0: write-off, honey. you got to (laughs) go.
2: I know. I do. Um, And so there's that. I mean, and then there can be, like, another type of a neutral grain spirit that could be made into it. But I I take pride in that. Actually, the product's produced in the United States, and I take pride in that as well.
0: All right. So, and what about distribution? How do you – did you have help with that, or did you go out and start, you know, doing tastings and all of that?
2: So the uh, first – co manufacturer that I worked with it was the turnkey operation they had some networks that I could lead into and um, of course I started in Maryland and um, from there then I got into you know other states I went to um, in the industry uh, as some of the folks here would know is the WSWA convention it's the largest in our industry that's held with distributors and wholesalers and then suppliers like myself will come And, you know, set up the booths. While Wide-Eyed Entrepreneur, I had six states say, hey, we'll carry your product. I'm like, this is awesome. You know, not realizing of the cost factor and everything, everything that was involved with it. And um, so that was part of the reason, like, you know, I ran out of money the first time around. Uh, Sandy Bottom is a small brand, so it's always capital intensive. Um,
0: Well, but but then when you've got a patient in the chair, you can always say, hey, give me some money or this tooth comes out.
2: (laughs) Well, as time goes on now. I'm I'm going to remove your tongue. Well, they're like, are we rinsing with Listerine or sandy
0: bottom? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And and so, I mean, obviously you had, so now you're in six states. Yes. Um, Scaling the thing up is is terrifying, isn't it? Yes. Yeah.
2: It is. Yeah, because for like Florida, I'm in uh, 13 total wine and more stores on the south east
0: coast maybe ron DeSantis has been drinking too much sandy bottom that could be his problem i can't guess (laughs) i can
2: um and that's why we say i'm a plane trip away you know so i mean i have gone down several times talking about the tax benefit
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's not enough for me to go to florida Uh, all right so we're going to take a little break and we'll come back Um, i've got more questions for you this is david nellis minus nikki nellis on foodie and the beast we'll be right back So last time Nick and I were in Georgetown, we just wanted to get some food and chill out a little. And we went to Tony and Joe's Seafood Place on the Georgetown waterfront. Uh, And we had a great meal. We had oysters. I don't remember what else we had.
1: Well, the most fantastic thing about Tony and Joe's is, honestly, its location. It is right there on the water. You're looking at the Kennedy Center, and you're looking at the water, and there's all those boats going by. So you have great people watching. And that's whether you're dining outdoors on their amazing patio or dining indoors with their Floor-to-ceiling windows. Um, of course, they have amazing seafood, like the oysters, usually local. Um, but great lobster, great fish. and uh, have f- great
0: steaks there, too.
1: Yes, and they have steaks, too. It's just a great place to go for great drinks and great food with a view.
0: I love their line. They say, come for the food, stay for the view, and that's what you should do. Tony and Joe's. Hi, everybody. We're back on Foodie and the Beast with David Nikki Nellis, minus Nikki Nellis, who's James Bearding It. She's doing interviews on the red carpet. Big deal. She's something. Um, but we're going to get back to Sandy. Um, you know, tasting this, I can see that this is also not only is it good on its own, but it can be a mixer. You can add other stuff in here. Would you treat it that way?
2: You absolutely could. Of course, there's been a lot of uh, research and development of uh, friends and, and folks sampling to help me tweak the uh, the cocktail, which is coconut forward, as you sip. And then the lemonade and lime follows. It's 5.99% ABV, uh, which is good. And it's kind of like one bottle you feel good, two you feel better.
0: <laughs> but where do all, when you say, you know, because some it's flavored, yes. where do all those ingredients come from?
2: Um, one During the test market, one of the vendors that I did keep, he is, I'm going to give a plug. Am I allowed to? Sure. Yeah, Sovereign Flavors, the owners, uh, David Ames out of California. He's been awesome working with me. So that's kind of a fun little story, too, is I flew out from the uh, East Coast. He's in Costa Mesa, flew out red eye, went right there and started drinking, (laughs) actually started sampling and creating my cocktail because it's different than just, you know, when I would mix it up. And I was getting confused. And he's like, go back to the hotel, get a good night's sleep and come back again. And um, so there have been a couple iterations of the the formula because initially I had with the test market 15% ABV. It's kind of high. It was kind of like a one and done bottle. And now this is much more um, sessionable as they I say. I was going to say more casual. Yeah. Yeah. All
0: right. And what about packaging? Cause one of the things that, that we've had lots of guests on who've had, you know, their own entrepreneurial ideas yeah. and they get hung up on getting the packaging, you know, produced, getting the costs down, You know they've got people that want the product and all of that, but then they've got to deliver, and it's a beast.
2: Yes, it is. So my uh, probably my biggest hurdle is the production piece, uh, because this is a beautiful, unique bottle. It's um, aluminum, has a screw off cap, which is actually called R O P P for Roll On Pill for Prevention, and it's carbonated, lightly fizzy. So those are three items of my brand that make it stand out amongst the best ready to drink categories, but that's also the challenge for me. Well, the
0: nice thing is it's, I mean, it's recyclable. Yes, Because, you know, it here, is. depending on what jurisdiction you're in, in Montgomery County, you can't recycle glass, which is nuts. Yeah. But, so that's good.
2: Yeah, well, and this is lighter <clears throat> weight, so that, like, would fall into, like, with the logistics of shipping, you know, because it, it's yep. lighter. Um, the, as I mentioned earlier, my uh, cost of goods... Are higher because I have not gotten to the economies of scale, but but it is. It, is do I buy
0: it as a six pack? How do I buy it?
2: So you can buy it as a single or four pack. Uh, it does have two separate uh, UPC codes? Um, What's it retail for? Um, typically, uh, single is three ninety nine to four ninety nine because it is it's a premium little cocktail. Also, with the resealability of it, it makes it a little more special and four packs go from 14.99 to 15.99. Well, it's a really good.
0: I mean, it's nice to see somebody who had an idea, the germ of an idea and it's flowered like this. Yeah. Tell everybody where they can find the product and find you online and in real life.
2: Yeah, so my um, he, we are here today of course in DC. I sell at the 7 Giant Food stores. My distributor will be opening up more in DC, but I do have a couple hundred accounts in Maryland, I'm sold in Delaware. Connecticut, New Jersey, and as I mentioned, Southeast Florida. And I also want to mention about with this new um, new uh, 2.0 launch, the artwork is done by Micah in uh, Baltimore. Oh, Maybe. Micah. Yeah. <laughs> <All laughs> right. Maryland new College of Art. And uh, I feel my graphic artist is a genius.
0: Uh, okay. It's beautiful. All right. Well, listen, this is great. Congratulations on getting this thing launched. Thank you. Elizabeth. Lutes. let's talk Lutes. so um <clears throat> how do you do a non-alcoholic cocktail let's talk about a negroni with i mean and and have it taste the way it ought to taste um
1: so there's two schools of thought are we trying to imitate and make it taste like there's booze or are we trying to create something that stands on its own as a quality drink
0: so in other words is it inspired by a negroni or does it taste like it exactly it? okay so and what's the answer
1: so I think, there, I think there's two ways to do it. So our non-four, which we're going to try here in a little while, that I was talking about before, it's its own drink. It stands on its own. It's flavor profiles you've never had with beetroot and tamari. Um, but this one that we're about to do is our after-all spritz, which is inspired by an Aperol spritz. So in that one, we were having a hard time because one of my favorite things in the world to do when I was still drinking was to sit on a patio. Now
0: you don't drink? I don't drink anymore. You just anymore. drink these. Okay. 18
1: months. 18 months. So, uh, building up the non-alcoholic, non-alcoholic program at Lutess is like absolutely a passion project for me. If one more restaurant serves me a grapefruit juice and soda, I'm gonna scream. <laughs> <laughs> Can't handle it. So, so in this end, we were trying to make it an, an aperol spritz um, to give that wonderful sense of sitting somewhere in the south of France on a beautiful day, and we're having a hard time with it because some of the base liquors were just so thin. So when you don't have alcohol as a spirit base. Things actually they taste thinner. You don't have that oomph of the ethanol, so we found a way to bulk it up a little bit, make making an orange oleo. So taking the expressed oils from the orange peels themselves, concentrating. How do you them. do that? You put them in a vacuum sealer, and then and so then it actually concentrates everything. Same way you would do like a compressed watermelon or compressed cucumber. Um, so we're could doing,
0: I could I get one of those and lose weight?
1: Maybe. Cool. Just put yourself right in. All right. It's Just.
0: An errant thought there. All right, so you do that, and then what?
1: So we uh, added that. We also added like a touch of cranberry juice to also add a little undercurrent of flavor and a little bit more uh, brambliness without being overly sweet. And then the other big struggle is finding non-alcoholic bitters. So
0: you make your own bitters? I mean,
1: we're currently not making our own non-alcoholic bitters because we found someone who does it better, and I'm always about delegating. So, but it took a long time. We had to go all the way to India. In my house,
0: that's called lazy, but that's okay.
1: I call it good management. Yeah, uh, yeah we went all the way to India. We found a brand of non-alcoholic bitters right. that are holding their own. So we're very excited about those. So it's called Babluie. So well,
0: <clears throat> take me back to the cranberry juice for a second. I mean, you, you don't go out and buy ocean spray. So how do you source the right juices we, for the right flavors?
1: We work with a lot of really fantastic vendors in the city that uh, they know our standards the same way that we're sourcing our... Produce and our meats and our fish. And so when we kind of give them a mission, they go for it because, you know, they enjoy working. So I hope are, to say they enjoy these working. These are with the premium
0: food. cocktails without the alcohol, essentially.
1: Correct. So, yeah. and then everything on our menu is absolutely designated. A lot of non alcoholic cocktails, the laws in America allow you to mark things non alcoholic that aren't, that still have alcohol in them. Uh, really? Yes. So if it's five point five percent or less, you can mark it non alcoholic when it actually has alcohol in it. Huh. So, um, thank you. so I'm sure
0: Nikki would say I knew that, but I would say I never heard that. That's great.
1: So yeah, so the the non four that we talked about before in this one are completely alcohol free, and we have them marked as absolutely zero proof on our menu. And then our we do have some that are using products that do have a little bit of that trace alcohol, um, and those are also designated so that our guests know exactly what they're getting, depending on if they're trying to re- they are trying not to drink. Uh, for whatever reason, if they're just trying to reduce their amount of alcohol or if they just want to explore that way, they know exactly if they're getting alcohol or not um, because it is an issue of people kind of uh, skirting the truth. Well,
0: I think it's a challenge. I, I don't know if you know our son, Sam, who's, who's, you do know Sam, okay, who's at Silver Lion. I think professional bartender to be able to create a drink that is legit delicious without alcohol is a whole other
1: Right, it's like you're... learning to
0: bat left-handed when you're a righty. I mean, it's well
1: because you're basing when you're bailing a cocktail traditionally, you are starting at the base is the alcohol, and you're building everything around the alcohol. And here you're starting with a blank canvas.
0: Mm, these are good. All right, Elizabeth, we're going to leave you to prepare the next drink, and uh, let's start talking to John Williams, who's the owner of Whitlow's. Now there is a big announcement to make. Uh, we're breaking this story. This is a world breaker. <laughs> I'm breaking it. But I'm not going to say it. John, welcome to the
3: show. Thanks. Tell everybody what our news is. Got... Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm delighted. To yeah. Have you. Uh, yeah, so we are reopening. This would be the fourth time. and This would be the fourth time uh, in our history. For... Fourth time's a charm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not doing it again. <laughs> we're staying here. Uh, we're opening on the corner of 9th and U um, in Northwest. You came back home. Yeah, it's, it's been a pretty, pretty wild run. So um, what day will the, the door swing open? Tuesday.
0: Tuesday the 6th will be open at 5 p.m. I mean, Whitlow's is like, next to the White House, it's probably <laughs> the, the most important. <laughs> it is to me. <laughs> the most important landmark in, in D.C. I mean, I, re- I remember, I, I'm that old, as a kid, driving by it, you know, way down when when we would head to the stadium and stuff. It's yeah. just, you know, it's great to have it back.
3: So what will the new Whitlow's be like? So I think it's pretty interesting. We, uh, my Stepfather opened or bought the original Whitlow's in 1971 and ran it till 89. Then we moved to the Clarendon in Arlington in 1995. What drove that?
0: D.C. was just
3: done for you? Uh, You know, I wasn't involved in the original location. No, it would have been about three. I I was in high school at that point. Okay. But I was involved. I finished up college, and they were like, hey, we're reopening. So... uh, Ran that one, and um, we lost our lease in 21, and then moved down. I took kind of a year to reassess and figure out what we were going to do. Found a small location on 9th Street, and it's just three doors down from the new location, uh, which was a cool space, but I think what's great about where we are moving now is we had saved all of the old stuff. We saved the old bars, all of the memorabilia. And there's we had two huge storage bins. So well, you, it's a three-story building
0: that yeah. you've renovated completely. Correct. Yeah. Take me take me from the top floor down.
3: Okay, the top floor is kind of the beach bar rooftop. Nice. It's got really bright colors. Uh, it's got bamboo ceiling, super airy, huge great views of Ninth uh, and U. I mean, it's, I think it's got one of the best views in the area. So it's a really open air kind of beach bar vibe, laid back. If you go down one floor, that is going to be the private event space. We're going to be able to start having live music again. How many people will that take? The second floor? Yeah. Uh, holds about 220. Oh, nice. So you can really do a yeah. a bash. Yes, we can. There. We're good at that. And first floor? Is- first floor, we kind of recreated Whitlow's. We've got uh, the original tables. Are, Seriously? Are, yeah, are, really? they're from the original location. That's cool. They're way older than I am. Uh, we've got the booths. Are you from looked S- at
0: me funny when you said that. <laughs> we'll be talking after the show.
3: Um, the booths are from St. Patrick's, which is in Northwest as well. And McGreg got those when St. Patrick's remodeled. All right. Then we took the old bar back, the facade, yep. from the original Whitlow's. And well, put this it, is great. Put this is like place. Julia's ch- kitchen at the
0: Smithsonian. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. So talk about the food.
3: Uh, we're recreating... Some of the classics that people will be familiar with. Obviously, we were known for our, our burgers and bar food, but we've got, you know, people will recognize a lot of... A I lot mean, of there's something,
0: you know, this, this is such a nod to the, the, you know, the new order, a tomato and watermelon salad. Yeah. I, I'll bet your butt you didn't have that. <laughs> no, we
3: didn't. There's going to be some healthier give options Give me a burger, give menu. me
0: cheese fries, and I'll have the tomato and watermelon salad, yes. please. Yeah.
3: No. We're trying to give a little bit to everybody. <laughs> right. Some healthier options, but... People recognize, you know, the bar fare that we had, we were known for, chicken tenders, nachos, cheese fries. Uh, bacon on a stick's pretty good. Bacon on a stick. It sounds simple, but we make the bacon ourselves. Uh, I mean, it's a thick-cut bacon? Oh, yeah. Oh. I mean, it's like breakfast on a stick. You call it the heart That's not what it is. It's a heart attack on a stick.
0: <laughs> uh, what about um, any entertainment, anything like that? Do you so, do yeah. live music?
3: Yeah. We will have DJs Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, we'll be starting Sunday next Sundays next month. It's great. We can have a DJ on the rooftop. We can have live music on the second floor going at the same time. So there and it's three distinct spaces. So it's got a little bit for everybody. And that's one thing that we had in the past. Is if you got bored in one room You go, go to the next. Yeah.
0: All right, we're gonna come back to you in a second. Gotta take a break for these important commercial messages. Foodie and the Beast, will be right back. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nicky Nellis, except we ain't got no Nicky Nellis today, which makes it all mine. Talking to John Williams about Whitlow's the re- the, the Renaissance, the Whitlow's Renaissance that elevates it, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Damn. Um, so first of all, the old Whitlow's was not far from the Nine Thirty Club, right? The, the original Nine Thirty Club, and now you're you're across the street again. Yeah. There is a god, John. You know oh, that. I'm, I'm. So I know how lucky and- I am. <laughs> so <laughs> will you?
3: Is there cross-promotion that can be done with them? I'm, I'm hoping so. We, we've talked to them, so we're, we're getting to know them a little better, and obviously that's the end goal is to do some cross-promotion. All right. And
0: then sure. I, the other thing I want to know is it opens on Tuesday. What is the opening, the grand opening, going to be like? Are you cutting a ribbon and all of that? I wasn't
3: planning on I it. I think you should if, cut if a you're ribbon. you're coming, we'll cut a ribbon. Uh, <laughs> I
0: don't know if I'll be there or not. Tuesday? I probably could. We're, you got to get your PR person in here. <laughs> I think you should cut a ribbon. I'll cut a ribbon. You cut a ribbon. I will. It was just back in the kitchen. And, and any special stuff planned for the first week? So
3: after after this first week, we'll be doing different events every night. Uh, we've got on Mondays, we're going to do trivia. Tuesdays, we'll Uh-oh. be doing this thing called- you Might be there on Mondays. Yeah, you know a lot actually. I know a lot of useless crap, actually. Tuesdays, we're doing Singo Bingo, which is it's really fun. It's basically bingo- but to songs. So you get like a 45-second clip of a song. You got all the song titles on a sheet. It's just like bingo. It usually ends up turning into a sing-along with uh, everyone. Nice. Yeah, so that's fun. Thursdays, we're bringing back, it was kind of a rite of passage in Arlington. We are going to bring back Mug Night. Where you get mugged? Yeah. I mean, it's (laughs) the perfect
0: location. Why not? It's much safer than that. Okay,
3: all right. Um, Mug Night is you buy a Whitlow's mug. You get to keep it comes filled up with some beer. Nice. And it's $4. That's very generous of yeah. you. <laughs> uh, and then it's four dollar refills. So. Oh, cool! And the second floor is kind of the party space. I was gonna say when it's not, you know, rented out. Yeah, you, that's where the fun is. I've got big plans for the second floor. I'll bet we, you do. We have our one of our old bars from the old place is in place up there. That's where a lot of the iconic. That's where the Elvis bust is. Um, but it's a very fun space. We we did a lot of work with uh, the lights and the sound system up there, so it's great for live music, and it will obviously have a lot of DJs and dancers. You know, there. it's really
0: smart. Before Neighborhood Restaurant Group did, you know, Birch and Barley and then the bar upstairs, I don't really remember places that sort of had, you know, two or three levels and they were themed almost like completely different venues. Yeah. And it's a really smart, and then, you know, Nick Stefanelli elevated it, you know, down on the wharf and, you know. But the fact that that's sort of a thing to do now is really, it makes it
3: more of a draw. Yeah. So, you know. I mean, I, I, that's kind of what we did with Arlington location. They were just kind of like the bars in Ireland. There's nooks and crannies everywhere and different rooms. Mm-hmm. And I've been in lots of bars in Ireland. I don't remember <laughs> one of them. One of them.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, let's make sure everybody knows where to find you, not just on the street, but online and all that, how to make do you. Do you take reservations or no?
3: No, it's first come, first share. First sure. come, first share. Uh, 901 U Street on the corner of 9th and U, just a short one block walk from the 930 Club and the the New Atlantis Club. Did you see that? Yes. It's amazing. They did such a good job.
0: I you know, I'm from I was born in DC. I, it used to be so boring down there. Now there's, you know, now you can't even yeah. Too many choices. All right, John, good luck. Congratulations on the grand opening. Thank you. Uh Joe Collins, he wants to cut a ribbon. Get him a ribbon. <laughs> Get the boy a ribbon. All right. <clears throat> Let's go back to Elizabeth Parker and Lutes.
1: Yo. Oh. Nailed see,
0: it. It took me a while, didn't it?
1: You did faster than me. So you
0: can teach an old dog new tricks, Elizabeth. So I have to say, this this is not only delicious, but it's kind of spot on. Thank you. So um what, what's next up? What do you got? All cooking? right.
1: So next up is one of ours that does have trace amounts of alcohol. And so there's a great company out of uh, Kentucky, and they're called Spiritless. And they started, their families are in bourbon, and they started first by making a product called Kentucky 74. Uh, they kind of really helped kick off uh, the spirits movement, uh, the non-alcoholic spirits movement in the U.S. What, uh,
0: what drove that? I mean, I, I know what drives it. The obvious stuff, but all of a sudden it became a thing.
1: I know, and I, I do have a lot of people be like, oh, you're like right on trend stopping drinking. And I, and yes, it is becoming more prominent, but I think just in our culture right now, we- The health
0: thing, I mean-
1: Yeah, I think we're all more confident and open about talking about big life changes. I think the stigma is falling away about not drinking for whatever reason one chooses not to drink. I also do think the younger generations are more health conscious. But well, there's a lot
0: of sugar ton in of booze. sugar.
1: A ton of sugar. And I'm all about enjoy wine. God knows I did. And, uh, (laughs) I mean, I'm a sommelier. Um, And now I'm a sommelier who can still some but just doesn't imbibe anymore. Um, But, yeah, I think there's a ton of sugar. Uh, It's dehydrating. Yeah. Uh, You're tired, hungover. And there's lots of reasons not to drink, but there's also lots of reasons to enjoy your life. So whatever makes someone happy, that's what I want to give them at the restaurant. Great. That's so I mean that's why we do what we do. Like we just we just want to make people feel joyous when they leave. That's all it. right. And
0: what is the next
1: drink? All right. So this is our Jalisco. So the Spiritless Company also now has branched out to a second product, which is their tequila imitation. So it's called Jalisco 55. So uh, this one we actually developed uh Development because Cosmopolitan magazine asked us to, uh, and then we liked it so much we we're like well, we're gonna put it on the menu because it was such a, it was just such a triumph. Uh, now back
0: that up. How did Cosmopolitan come
1: to you? We have a really great PR company. Okay, <laughs> they're baby. fantastic, and All they right. they see opportunities and they put us together. Like you know, some people have matchmakers in love, and we have matchmakers in restaurants. It's great. Okay,
0: I got it. So what are you making?
1: So the Jalisco is fantastic. So we're using this base spirit, Jalisco 55, which imitates tequila. does have that trace amount of alcohol in it. So for this one, this one is the most boozy feeling, the most like this could be a real cocktail if I didn't know better of our selection. Uh, in the house, we're making a ginger hibiscus syrup that's then added to that. And then I'm going to shake this the heck out of it with some ice so that it gets really nice and chilled down for summer.
0: Uh, oh, boy.
1: Yeah, because this is definitely, a, this is your patio pounder, if you will.
0: That sounds like that song by Chicago. Only the beginning <laughs> at the end, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm too old. All right, well, no. while you're pouring that, was there more to tell? I don't want to cut you off.
1: Well, definitely. So this one's great because it also comes with like, a little fizzy top off at the t- end. So, again, kind of. If you wanted a twist on, like, a Paloma and things like that, something you're going to have beachside, this is the one.
0: Oh, God, so I want to be beachside.
1: Well, not today. We pretend how... in this lovely air-conditioned room. <laughs> so right. we're going to bring out some of the herbal qualities. We do a little rosemary, a little express lemon, and you're at the beach.
0: All right. You pass that around. We're going to talk to my neighbor, Jerry Hollinger. Who is the owner of a Hollinger Group restaurant, which include the Daily Dish in um, Silver Spring, Dish and Dram in scenic downtown Kensington, Maryland, and Jay Hollinger's Waterman's Cl- Chop House in Silver Spring, but in Silver Spring proper, correct? Correct. So, a little background on you. Sakatumi Jerry, you've been around a while. Let's hear your 411.
4: <laughs> uh, I started as a private chef in D.C. with the Sheridan Group. Um, and then I uh, segued into some catering. Um, I had the opportunity to open the Daily Dish about 14 years ago. Well, what
0: drove you to that? Because not every chef wants to own,
4: or even the chefs that do want to own, some don't, they can't make the leap. I, I think I always wanted to do a restaurant. I did have the opportunity to work at Jean Michel restaurant in, um, in Bethesda. He was downtown DC, kind of classic French restaurant. Yep. So um, I learned a lot doing that. Um, Enjoyed the private chefing part, but felt like I wanted something more, a little more exciting than, you know, than, than catering can be. So,
0: so, and your thought was, I mean, you're, you're talking about neighborhood restaurants and there's some restaurants in, you know, big
4: honkin' neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. You really f- focus on micro neighborhoods. I mean, in a way, why? Partly just the opportunity, um, for former Red Dog Cafe became available and, um, turned that into the Daily Dish. Um, lots of great regulars. It's a pretty dense neighborhood, pretty diverse neighborhood. Um, same with Kensington. It's a little bit different over there, but well, you 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 own Kensington essentially. <laughs> it's done really well. The the neighborhood has certainly embraced us. Um, it allows us to be creative, to be you know, we do a lot of local sourcing when possible, um, change seasonally. So do. I mean, I, I don't know this, and I, I literally live about a
0: block and a half from the restaurant. Do people come from other neighborhoods? Do they come from across Bethesda? Do they
4: do You do you pull from around there? There's plenty of density in, in Kensington, God knows, but. Um, to a point, we do Chevy Chase, right in the border of Chevy Chase and the Silver Spring Daily Dish location. Right. I not infrequently hear about people that come from Virginia and from Rockville and find Seriously? a place to meet sort of in cool. between. So, you know, that, that works sometimes. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Mostly neighborhoods. But. Those are all the people going through the stop sign in front of my house. All <laughs> right, so let's talk. Who's who's in the kitchen? So um, I consider myself the culinary director for all the three restaurants. But Chef John Mantelotis is in the kitchen, uh, formerly of Cashins. Right, he's been on Manhattan's the show. Oregon. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great chef. Um, lots of good training, and uh, done a great job helping to open the restaurant. And uh, we're at our first year anniversary. So
0: and you, you, I mean. Talk through the menu, and then, um, I mean, everybody goes through that first year, and then there's a shakeout.
4: What are you planning? Well, I mean, uh, Waterman's Chop House, we wanted to use those words to infer. Uh, Waterman is an old term for a Maryland fisherman, And uh, so I wanted to do something along the lines of steak and seafood without using those words. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we definitely try to source a lot of local seafood from the Chesapeake Bay Area. Um, we have a couple of great... Steaks, 32-ounce uh, tomahawk. Um, here to boy. taste, we have a uh, New York strip, a Wagyu New York strip, A6. Uh, we do a steak each. So it's the real deal. It's yep. a real Wagyu. Mm-hmm. Nice. It is. And, uh, and then I, I, I source a lot of my vegetables locally. I actually go to an Amish Mennonite produce auction in Pennsylvania once a week. I buy for all three restaurants. Um, so we try to introduce that throughout the spring, summer, and fall, actually year-round. Um, we have we make our own pasta in house. So Really? Yeah. See, that's good to know. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, you know, doing business with a distributor,
0: but right. you're going to a lot of trouble to bring in the freshest and the bestest and all that, which uh,
4: yeah. It's uh, I grew up in that area. It's part of my history, uh my roots and uh it's it gets me in a completely different world for a day. All right. Um what about the wine program there? Uh that's changing. Um we're we're working with um Eric Platt, uh, artisans. And Eric Platt, yes. who's
0: got a, he's got the, booting the beast blue jacket. He does. He's okay. been on here about eighty four times. Yeah, he's
4: great. And yeah. we actually went uh, recently. Was in Spain at, uh, Bodegas Tempore, which is a, a, wine or a vineyard there that we, buy a little bit from through Eric. So he's definitely been instrumental on in helping us create a wine program, trying to work with other local, um, uh, winemakers or or people
0: that have. Yeah. Got it. All right, I'm going to hold you there. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. I want to talk about the other two restaurants, too. This is David Nellis without Nicky Nellis on Foodie and the Beast. We'll be right back. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David Nellis. No Nikki Nellis today. Uh, and talking to Jerry Hollinger, who's the owner and culinary director of the Hollinger Group restaurants, which include The Daily Dish and Dish and Dram uh along with um uh Jay Hollinger's can never get it right fast Jay Hollinger's Waterman's Chop House correct that's easy for me to say <laughs> um but the, let's go back to the other two restaurants because they're neighborhood restaurants how many seats in each uh
4: with the addition of outdoor additional tent seating thanks to covid um at the daily dish we're 50 inside and we can do about 40 more outside we have a Permanent patio and then an additional tent patio. All right, um, so and Dish and Dram. Dish and dram is about 80 and 20 outside. All
0: right, so they're, they're relatively small, which mm-hmm. means, I mean, I guess, I always think about the kind of the back end of things and how you have to source and how often you have to take deliveries and all of that yeah. stuff. Is that a, more of a challenge? It, to- it is.
4: We, our, our space for our walk-in space, storage space is pretty limited in both restaurants. The kitchen space of the daily dish is extremely small. Um, so, uh, we have to, you know, create things that we can execute quickly and quality flavor is really important to us. Well, let's talk about what's on the menu. Of course, I'm, I'm
0: a, I'm a Kensington chauvinist. So let's talk about Kensington first
4: and some of what you brought in today. Sure. Um, the Dish and Dram is, you know, maybe has a little bit more of a pub feel. Um, we have steak freeze over there we've got, uh, mussels, um, we have a, We always have two local fish, uh, or two fish dishes, rockfish right now. Um, we do halibut, which is not necessarily local. Do you do it for the halibut? Thank you. <laughs> Sometimes. Very. Thanks nice very one. much. Um,
0: well, I mean, I, you know, I mean, that's, the the menu has changed dramatically since you first opened. Correct. I remember yeah. the opening menu. And um, obviously you're doing that because you're able to turn the tables more and, yeah. and all that. Does the, the brewery opened up behind you there? Is that yep.
4: helping business? Yes, it is. Uh, we actually uh, the brewery has a QR code, and uh, we have a, a like a smaller brew menu, brew pub menu. Uh, and they can order directly from their phones over there, and have a food bring it on. over from the yeah. restaurant. So we do fish and chips for that. Um, you selling their beer? No, it's too close. So. Yeah, and they uh, they uh, I think they're just selling it out of that 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 brewery. cans. Imagine yeah. Kensington was was dry until. About
0: ninety eight, thereabouts.
4: It's a it's a madhouse back there
0: yeah. in a good way. It was um, dry for a hundred yeah. years.
4: Yeah, we were the first restaurant in downtown in Kensington to have a full liquor license, and that was wow. one of the things that I made sure we could actually be approved for before we took over that space.
0: All right, so we've got a couple minutes left. You've got some
4: activities that you do there. Tell us what's coming up at Jay Howlingers. Um, yeah. At the restaurants. At the, at, well, we uh, we do, at the Daily Dish, we do jazz every other Sunday night. That's been a big success. Which is great, yeah. Um, yeah, really good, really talented musicians. Um, that's a more casual feel with the garage door that we have so we can have an open-air feel. Um, we also have a Woodstone pizza oven there, so we, we do our own pizzas along with other, you know, lots of good salads and entrees. Back to Jay Hollinger's. Um This month, we're uh, introducing a couple of crush- um, Summer crush drinks, cocktail drinks. We're doing happy hour um, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all night at the bar. Um, it's a great, really, really nice big bar um, from four to close, so it's four to nine or so, and uh, Friday and Saturday happy hour four to seven.
0: Chop right. House have room for live entertainment.
4: It does, um, and we have a a local kind of a local legend blues player Daryl Davis playing on the thirteenth. We yeah. actually sold it, We sold out the show. Um so that's exciting so we're going to experiment with doing some more maybe blues or cool. jazz um at in the restaurant. Um so th- we're promoting that our our uh, summer crushes and our happy hour menu we're doing dollar oysters for happy hour which is great which we have here to taste um Chesapeake Bay oysters. Oh I might taste one. Or 12. So, <laughs> oh, that's great. Um So yeah that, those are um, the things we're focusing on for the Well summer. I mean I- you know,
0: I know Nikki isn't here to shush me. So, I mean, I'm, I've got a big thing for for the very local, you know, sort of micro-focused, mm-hmm. um, uh, let's say restaurants, food purveyors and all that. Because I think you really serve, a, you know, if um, McDonald's, you know, or or one of the big steakhouse chains or something like that opened up in Kensington, you know, that's okay. Cause right. The more the merrier. But you're really, you're, you meet a local need. You know, I listen, when I walk in there at night, I know half the place. Yeah. It's really cool. It's, it's a real, great. real sense of community yeah, in both feels those neighborhood restaurants. me All right. Well, tell everybody where the three restaurants are again and where to find you online.
4: So the newest, uh, latest and greatest, Jay Hollinger's Waterman's Chop House is in downtown Silver Spring. It's across from AFI Theater. And a couple of storefronts down from the Fillmore. It's 8606 Colesville Road, Silver Spring. Not a bad location. And uh, jhowlingers.com. The Daily Dish is um, Silver Spring 8301 Grub Road, um, right on the Chevy Chase Silver Spring border. And then the Dish and Dram in Kensington, um, next to Baby Cat Brewery and Johnson's Flower and Garden Center. All right, Jay. Nice to see you again. Nice to see you as well. All right,
0: Elizabeth Parker.
1: It's me. It's me. Lutece. Oh, we're killing it, <laughs> Lutess. It's like
0: it's like I'm passing a test every time I do that. So this is yummy, by the way.
1: I don't. Is it, I mean, yeah. you wouldn't know.
0: No, you wouldn't know. It's really delicious.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's really great. Uh, Allison Desi is one of our bartenders, and that's her creation, uh, and she nailed it. It's
0: great. So what's next for Lutes and Omar and all that? Because I guess one of the you know the challenges is you got to keep innovating and keep doing things that are new and different keep people coming back definitely what's what is next
1: so we're doing all kinds of things i mean we're just constantly you know we do our lou tacos pop-ups so around town i don't know if you have you not been to a tacos
0: no oh sir i I feel left out i will text you directly okay please do uh
1: so matt um, comes from oshimoko in new york so has amazing mexican cuisine background uh our pastry chef is from mexico city they just coincidentally happen to be married to each other so uh, and
0: they coincidentally missed all the volcano explosions, so that's great. There you go in Mexico.
1: Um, so yeah, so we have like a deep passion for Mexican cuisine, and you'll see it sneakily weave its way through the Lutes menu, uh, which is really fun. And is so Lutetia
0: is it a name? I don't know. I don't speak French, so
1: so it is actually Roman. Um, so it, during the Roman Empire, before mm-hmm. Paris was Paris, it was called Lutetia. So. Oh. I should know that.
0: Andy, did you know that?
1: And when I say that this restaurant was a twist of fate, when I lived in Paris for several years, the view outside my apartment window was at the Hotel Lutetia.
0: Accidenti. Look at that. (laughs) Because Andy studied in Rome, and I lived in Ah. Italy, and neither of us knew that. We feel like idiots, especially Andy. Okay. So, um, all right. So I, I heard a rumor. Is Omar, is he working on another place, or am I... My,
1: i don't know anything about anything you're not allowed David. to tell. all I right i don't know i you
0: know i'm very i got you i got you. closed mouth person. all
1: right <laughs> okay i all don't right. know well, anything these, about anything
0: these drinks are terrific what how has this affected now you're not completely alcohol free
1: no right? so but our, cock, our non-alcoholic cocktail program is equal to our cocktail is it program. really
0: that's great so, well you would imagine that in the summer too because you don't want to get
1: yeah. Well, I mean, it's really become something wonderful. We've had... Um, oh, people, this is great. That is the one we were talking about before. That is the non-for New York wow. Sour. And that wow, is, wow, it It, it is really fantastic. Is. Um, but, yeah, we, it's something we've seen growing. Um, people are very surprised. Uh, you know, a lot of people will tell us their dietary restrictions before they come in so they can have a great meal, but a lot of people don't mention that they don't drink... Uh, As well, so a lot of people are very, very surprised and will call us over to, you know, express their thanks and gratitude that there's really quality offerings. Uh, I will say we have an excellent wine pairing for our tasting menu that's curated by our advanced sommelier, Chris Ray. Um, And we are...
0: head of the FBI? Yes.
1: Nice. He moonlights. What can I say? He's a man (laughs) of many talents. Um, But we are working with our bar team to make a non-alcoholic pairing to go along with our chef's tasting as well, so that everyone can have 100% the full experience and nobody's left out.
0: These are great. I mean, I don't drink cocktails. I really, I'll have a glass of wine with dinner and mostly like a beer every now and then. So, but I used to catch a lot of flack, particularly from Sam Nellis, if I was in his bar and I <laughs> said, you know, give me sparkling water. I was like, what? But now there's an alternative. Yeah. These are delicious. All right. Well- Please tell everybody how they can find Latesse and you. Yeah, we are in
1: Georgetown. We are on Wisconsin Avenue on the 1500 block between P and Volta. And uh, you can't miss us. We are a bright blue restaurant with lots of beautiful flowers out front.
0: Great. Thank you. All right. Well, um, I'm going to wrap up the show. I do want to say that I wish Nikki was here because she missed a lot of interesting chat and a lot of good food, although she's an intermittent faster, so she wouldn't have touched it till 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and, uh, but I loved having you guys in here. Thanks. I do want to remind everybody, this is the thing I beat on at the end of every show. Uh, the war in Ukraine is actually going much better for the Ukrainians, but it's, I mean, millions are displaced. There's still a lot of misery. The Russians are, I don't know why they're bombing hospitals and schools and whatever, whatever you can do to help. I don't care if it's a dollar, if it's $5 to the red cross to, uh, Jose's network of, uh um, uh, world central kitchen. Anything you can do to help those folks because they they really have to win. There's no alternative. Russia can't win this war. So whatever support we can give, uh, please give. And thank you. And I'm glad you guys enjoyed the show. And we'll be back next week with fully loaded Nikki Nellis back from the James Beard Award. Have a good week.